Welcome to the fourth episode of the Evolution of Humans. Today's episode is about the Hellenistic Age in Greece. One thing to note, this episode is a follow-up from the last episode, so if you haven't already, go listen to that before you listen to this one. To refresh your memory, I talked about Alexander the Great, the king of the ancient Greek kingdom of Macedon. You know, the guy that conquered like almost all of Asia by the time he died at 32 years old? Well, his influence has some major involvement in the Greek Hellenistic Age. The word Hellenistic comes from the Greek word Hellazine, which means to identify with the Greeks. And speaking of identity, Alexander the Great actually identified with the Greeks himself instead of the Macedonians. After his death, his Greek Macedonian Empire had become one of the largest empires of his time, but even though it was one of the largest, it wasn't a strong one. His empire was rather fragile. It wasn't destined to last long. This was because his empire grew so quickly. No order was established to ensure the stability of his empire. How were they ruled if there was no order as a whole? Well, his empire was divided into three separate territories by his generals and ruled separately. His empire had become three stronger dynasties. These dynasties became known as the Hellenistic states. In opposition to the Greek city-states, who were ruled democratically by its citizens, these states were ruled in absolute by kings. The kings that ruled the Hellenistic states all had particular interests in amassing as many riches as possible. As a result, they often imported valuables from the other countries and put them in public view to display the riches that they had. They were big on cultivating their commercial relationships with other nations. They often donated money to museums, zoos, libraries, and universities to fund their research and studies. And keep in mind that mathematicians like Euclid, who is known as the father of geometry, and inventors like Tsitsipas, who invented the water clock, went to these universities. Now let's talk a little culture. People moved and traveled fluidly across the Hellenistic states because most people spoke and read the same language called a coin or also known as the common tongue of Greece at the time. But even though they could all understand each other, they had a sense of alienation, not from each other, but politically. You see, in the past, they were politically involved and democratically ruled and governed themselves. But now they were governed under professional bureaucrats and there was nothing they could really do about this. In result, many people turned their backs on the newfound government and turned towards mysterious religions and joined them. These religions often promised immortality and wealth. I wouldn't have expected philosophers to join these, but that's exactly what they did. Philosophers started believing that the most important thing in life is the pursuit of pleasure. Whether that be being wealthy or having a happy family, they believe that that should be their ultimate goal in life. Let's get more into Alexander's involvement in the Hellenistic Age. Remember the cities that Alexander built and named after himself? Those cities that were built were built in the style of Greek buildings, since Alexander identified himself as Greek. Many artworks during this time included statues of people and a lot of them had missing body parts or some mythical creature combined with humans. For example, the Wing Victory of Samarith was a statue built in the Hellenistic world. This was a sculpture of a human dressed in Greek-sod clothing with wings. It was missing a head and both its arms, but there were wings on the statue. This style of statues were very popular at the time. The statue in particular was a representation of Nike, the Greek goddess of victory. Since Alexander's parents met in Samarith, which is where the statue was built, and Alexander was very victorious in his days, many believed that the statue was built in the honor of both Alexander the Great and Nike, the goddess of victory. Since Alexander's empire consisted of mostly Persia, India, and Greece, Hellenistic culture developed through those three territories. Hellenistic culture was a mixture of Persian, Indian, and Greek cultures. Alexander was respectable. Even though he conquered and overthrew many leaders, he respected the people of different nations he conquered. He didn't force people into his culture and beliefs, but rather let their cultures thrive. 
That is how Alexander influenced the Hellenistic culture. But the Battle of Atticum ended it all. The Roman Octavian defeated the Hellenistic fleets. The Hellenistic Age ended in 31 BC. But hey, even if the Hellenistic Age was short-lived, its culture still influences artists, authors, and even scientists to this very day. Thank you for joining me in this episode, and I have to thank History.com for providing the information in this episode.